I've already deduced what, what, what will happen on this show and what the killer is. I've figured it out from the first episode. And I've, it's like the, the mystery is done for me. But uh, the, the, really the reward of the show is knowing about everyone's relationship. Yeah, yeah. How did, uh, you, did you just through the power of the power of your mind come to the conclusion that you know exactly how it's going to end? Well, yeah. And like, you know, okay, so the Arctic base, everyone goes insane and there's just supernatural shit happening. What are they doing? They're, they're drilling ice cores. What's in those ice cores? Obviously, some sort of prehistoric virus that's making people go insane and do true detective stuff. Uh, okay, I see. And Matthew McConaughey, when he was a kid living with his father, was exposed to the, uh, the woolly mammoth spore, and that gave him access to the dark side that he uses oh! to solve crimes in season one. Nice. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I was thinking the mine or like, yeah, something like a, you know, the fucking smoke... Um, wampum style like magic going on out there um <laughs> anyway all right here we go it's wednesday january 31st and uh chapo's coming at you with our friends jake and thomas from pendejo time if you were lucky enough to see us on our jaunt through texas you already know these boys but we're uh, thrilled to have them on the show for the first time because you know we need some we need some real longhorns on the show because we're going to be talking texas today Yes, Jake sir. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Now, obviously, uh, you know, Texas is in the middle of an invasion right now and right, possibly right. the second American Civil War. So I'd like to get your guys' thoughts from the front lines. But before we get into the <laughs> Texas related news of the week, I would like to talk about um, something, something that happened the other day that's been getting some news coverage. I am referring, of course, to the nation trauma dumping on Elmo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. I think it's awesome that people are like, uh, you know, yeah, my, you know, my dad exploded in an oil rig and I never recovered. And, you know, my mom's a whore and all of this stuff. And then for whatever reason, like reading a room perfectly, whoever runs Joe Biden's account was like, <laughs> here's where I come in, Bubba. Like, just like Elmo's speaking his truth and he's living his experience right now. And everybody like from like your furthest right like neo nazi to just your like portland anarchist is like dude <laughs> you know like get it to what the fuck are we doing yeah like the president responding to elmo would be like <laughs> we we all have things we want to work on right yeah that's like we should be invaded yes yeah 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 uh this is this is referring to us uh, so so elmo Elmo posted the other day, um, and, and the New York Times actually just covered this right now. <laughs> and uh, so basically, Elmo posted, like, how is everyone doing? And basically, the entire country responded, I'm holding a loaded gun in my mouth right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Biden, uh, and then Elmo uh, responded further and says, wow, Elmo is glad he asked. Elmo learned that it is important to ask a friend how they are doing. Elmo will check in again soon, friends. Elmo loves you. Hashtag emotional well-being. And then the, uh, the Twitter account of the POTUS, President Joe Biden, uh, quote tweeted this with, I mean, this is obviously not Joe Biden writing this, but it says here, I know it's hard. I know how hard it is some days to sweep the clouds away and to get to sunnier days. Our friend Elmo is right. We have to be there for each other, offer our help to a neighbor in need, and above all else, ask for help when we need it. Even though it's hard, you're never alone. Yeah, this is a guy who like had to take 3 a.m. calls from both of his sons for 20 years as they were like blowing down big ass rocks and best westerns. And he's he's like, yeah, uh, looks, I know what it means to hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know what it means to suffer. It just makes me laugh. Like, 
all these people like acting like they've been friends with Elmo this whole time. Like I never hear anybody talking about them checking in with Elmo. Yeah. But suddenly, you know, he asks them and it's a whole, you know, they're trauma dumping on him. But if you like get to know him and stuff, like he's cool to be around, but people act like, oh, you know, Elmo's my therapist. He's not just that, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a red critter, you know, he has his own yeah. problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really like didn't agree with that. Like, yeah, he pl- he is similar to the character he plays on TV. Like, he is a supportive friend, but like, he doesn't want to hear about your thirty-four-year-old problems, right? Can you imagine if the account that ran Elmo hit everybody with that fucking copy pasta that's like, hey, I don't have the mental bandwidth to deal with this right now. Um, can you check back in with me and maybe regulate your own emotions while I look over this text message and deliberate as to what my response should be? Okay, thanks. Like <laughs> The American suicide rate skyrockets after Elmo says that. Uh, no more trauma dumping on me. Dude, just like a green beret like on the phone with the hotline. Like, I tried to fucking talk to Elmo. <laughs> I tried to tell him I didn't mean to kill the kid. And like, just the guy's Uh, like, you talk to who? And I I, got to read the last paragraph of the New York Times coverage of this. It says here, on Tuesday, after almost status check had received more than 9,000 responses, the account posted a follow-up delivered in the character's signature third-person style. Wow, Elmo is glad he asked it, Red. Elmo (laughs) learned it is important to ask a friend how they are doing. In one reply, one user wrote, somehow this actually legit makes me feel better. And I saw, I, I don't know if you saw this, I saw this the other day where someone was just talking about this and they were like, I know this all seems silly, what Elmo, we, the tra- us trauma dumping on Elmo yesterday, or when we all cried when Steve from Blue's Clues told us oh he was proud God, of us. During, yeah. it proves That's that a very interesting t- use of me. <laughs> yeah. uh, they go on to say, it proves that children, this is more than just entertainment. It's about building empathy. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, for uh, children. <laughs> for the adult for, babies for, in this for country. People who, for people who are learning the difference between a triangle and a rectangle. I really, sometimes me and Thomas talk about this on the show in like varying forms, but like I think there's two things that are happening like in mass on social media. One is player hating at an all-time high. And that's separate <laughs> from this conversation. Like you build a really nice deck and you post it on Instagram and half the comments are people telling you to do family annihilation. <laughs> the other one is arrested development at a level that I've like, I didn't think was like people with three PhDs in fucking like whatever. Like, yeah, I'm really, I had to rewatch blues clues to figure out how to feel right now. Like you, you're, you're paying rent. We don't need to keep doing, you this. can learn a lot of the same things from Sesame street that, that you can at a college though. Hey, <laughs> um, Hey, I feel like, good point. Hey, you respect, know, like yeah. I, I don't have, you know, I'm still working on my associate's degree, but I feel like I've learned a lot of the same things from community college that I learned when I was a baby watching Sesame Street. You know what I mean? <laughs> you learn how to be friends with a bird. You learn, you know, there's guys who live in the trash can. You how know. to live in a roommate, how to talk to a guy who lives in the trash. Yeah, it's, stuff like it, that. it was funny to see that um, Elmo was trying really hard, really, really hard to connect with people in a way that clearly they're feeling isolated and then oscar the grouch was just hitting back shots on taylor swift i guess those pictures that people were sharing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah like, no i mean that's uh, <laughs> yeah, i mean i honestly 
Jake, until I saw those photos, I was feeling pretty low until I saw those photos of Oscar <laughs> the Grouch catching back shots on Taylor Swift. And you know what? It legit made me feel better. It did. And honestly, it, it legit made me feel better about the millions of people were starving to death in Gaza. And yes. not to make the obvious point here, but like for the nation of adult babies, if all this children's entertainment is uh, helping us build empathy, I ain't seeing it. <laughs> I ain't seeing yeah. it when President Joe Biden is yeah doing a genocide. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just on like... Um, I mean, not even that. Just like going to what Jake was saying about like, like widespread arrested development. It used to be when someone was forty-one and had this emotional of a response to like Lose Clues and Elmo. That was someone who like accidentally killed a woman by hugging her too hard. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they that that was that was a type of. You know, you knew what you did with that type of person. You know, like, but now that's like a guy who pays taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it it like permeates everything. Like, it's an offshoot of the therapy speak people, like the armchair psycho psychology guys, and then like nostalgia black pit people who just like created this weird, vicious online conglomerate of people who are like, ah, oh, yeah, my mom's suicide's really been getting at me, so I've been watching Bear in the Big Blue House. Like, <laughs> I mean, we made fun of we've made fun of him a lot on the show and for good reason. But like Jordan Peterson really was like the prophet of a new era, new age. Right. Because mm -hmm. like everyone is him now. Everyone is crying over Muppets and shit like that. I, Felix, I'm sure you can attest to this. Having done your fair share of combat sports. But my favorite guy is the like hyper masculine, like you know, jujitsu gun guy that's like, there's always a handful of every gym and all of them. You, they follow you on Instagram. You give them the follow back at least once a month. They post that monologue where Peterson is like, you have to be a monster. You have to be a monster, but you must learn to control it. A monster doesn't, he comes out of the dark, not to cause pain, but to defend the weak. And it's like, dude, you, what are you fucking talking about? All these guys who are paying child support to three different baby mamas are like, dude, I'm a fucking warrior. Like I, I'm ready to rock at any given fucking moment. And it's like, no, you, dude, you just, you pay 200 bucks a month to get put in a triangle choke by a fucking like fat guy. That's what you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's saying that while he's dressed like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, all of us have a little gi on, right? Like we're all paying 200 bucks a month to go. Yeah. We're taking adult karate or whatever the fuck you are not like a Delta force dude, like getting helicoptered in. Like we are, we're in a strip mall right now, dude. Like this is, you know, and, and, and he is the champion of that fucking Peterson guy. I love that. I that is my favorite thing. Yeah, with like that type of jujitsu guy who's like the world needs bad men. Like yeah, me. yes. If I, like <laughs> like I may look. I the may, I, I, may like I, I may be one of the only non famous people to get me tooed, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> when you need when a when a when a mass shooter comes to the bar that I got me tooed at. <laughs> you need a guy who's going to lie on his back and beg the shooter to enter his guard. Yeah, yeah. I'm so we could do a really slow omoplata on him. I'm going to try to heel hook a dude that has an M4 carbine. That's kind of going to what's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. You ever seen Falling Down? What if Michael Douglas could do a double leg takedown? <laughs> that is me. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of falling down, I mean now now we get into the uh, the, the local news in the Lone Star State. Mm -hmm. uh, we got we got we got we got convoys of warriors headed toward the border. I keep hearing I keep hearing uh, tell 
of both convoys headed to the border, a second civil war happening, an invasion, a crisis on our border. Uh, I, got, I got here, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, says, quote, the only thing we're not doing is shooting people crossing the border because Swag. the Biden administration would charge us with murder. To which I say, <laughs> Governor Abbott, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just uh, so like, uh, how, how things? Uh, how are you guys holding up down there in Texas? We're doing pretty well. I've been holed up in Fort Worth for this, you know, this week so far, and I think I'm about 800 miles from the border. But you know, if they do get to this point, I know it's pretty bad because I basically live in Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> but you know, people people think they're harmless. You know, people think they can't hurt you. But you know. Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, they have big budgets for training their super soldiers, you know. And, you know, you see a guy, he may be four feet tall, 90 pounds, you know, he may have seven children with him. Those children are guns. These guys guns. Me and me and Thomas were fucking just talking about this the other day, but Whenever they do, like, on Fox or One America, they do the aerial shot of, like, the sea of bodies. And you get to see, like, they're like, these are the men that are going to tear the fabric of Western society apart. And, yeah, it's 5,000 Honduran guys in, like, gangster SpongeBob T-shirts <laughs> and, like, skin-tight acid-washed blue jeans with the knees ripped. And they're just, like, yeah, they're just walking around. And you guys have been doing this show a long time. They're playing the hits. Do you remember the Honduran caravan from like oh, yeah. eight years yeah. ago? Yeah. So, there have been so many of these caravans, and now we have yes. like a like an anti-Honduran freedom caravan as well. Yes, yeah, and it, and it's like I I have I mean I don't know it's not a theory I think it's just the way shit is. But whenever like you run out of shit, like before the next thing, the next panic happens, you have to go and play. Smells like teen spirit. You know what I mean? You got to play the singles. So you're like. All right, um, six thousand brown guys in ill-fitting Arsenal jerseys are going to take Texas <laughs> to the fucking church, dude. They're just going to tear us to bits. Taking it back, yeah. No, and then uh, there's there's been some coverage of the. I mean, like I I said earlier that uh, on the show that I you know that all this Second Civil War stuff, all the Freedom Convoy mm -hmm. stuff. I think this is just marketing for the Trump's reelection. I think everyone's just yeah. Gonna, run to the right on the border. There's like <laughs> Tim Poole said, this all seems very, I have a quote from Tim Poole here where he says, this all seems very Fort Sumner to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so to that, to that point, um, I, I shared a couple with Thomas, but um, I saw one on Twitter and then I went digging to find them and that people are screenshotting these posts from these secret, like Christian worker movement, Texas Patriot front groups, like these half-assed paramilitaries. And these posts are like, hey, um, if we secede and we win, do I still get Social Security? Like, these <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw and then that. I was like, I saw that one and I was like, OK, there's got to be more of these. So I was digging around on Reddit and I found a handful. My favorite one to the Sumter thing to some degree was like, hey, uh, flying down from uh, Arkansas, uh, if we start shooting. Um, can we can I get on a flight back home? Like, like these guys, they want to do revolution. Like I, I got work on Tuesday. So if I fly out Friday <laughs> and I dome a couple army reserve boys, can I, because my boss, I'm already in trouble. Like 
they want to do war, but it has to be the way that you take your Harley to Sturgis. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just you, you, bring, yeah, you, you bring the war in on a on a on a trailer uh, hitched to your SUV. Exactly. You do a little war on the weekend, and then you go and then you go back to work as a dentist. In yeah, Missouri yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like your wife is like, "What are you doing, honey?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go aim my gun at the cops, but I'll be back on Monday." <laughs> You know, like yeah, I got uh, yeah. I got stationed at Bucky's for the next two weeks, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, this is a this is an account. Uh, Fed surrection looms large as Army of God protest convoy heads to the border, and like basically, like th- this thing is already a mess because, like, I mean, they've already like kind of descended into like dueling accusations of being feds. Yeah. And it says here, yeah, by noon Monday, after a few hours on the road, the convoy had amassed just a few dozen participants, so far predominantly men over the age of 60. Mm-hmm. The convoy's promoters pr- promised over 700,000 participants. The low numbers could be due in part to conspiracy theories riddling telegram channels for the convoy. Would-be participants expressing fears that the demonstration was could be a psyop or honeypot spearheaded by the federal government and undercover agents with the goal of ensnaring right-wingers into a violent event. I have three former associates doing lengthy prison sentences because of the J6 setup one person wrote in a Telegram channel. I know firsthand, even if they don't have charges they can pin on you, they will make some up. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's fun. To, yeah, it, it, it's fun to imagine. But like, uh, can anyone say with any shred of a doubt that like half of these guys aren't federal informants? Well, yeah, like the fucking the Whitmer plot, January yeah. 6th, like, like it just slow drips out that like, if it wasn't somebody who was 900 years old trying to take an Instagram photo and Nancy of him like shitting in Nancy Pelosi's trash can, then it was a fed. You know what I mean? Like the boomer conservative guys that were there because their car dealership was closed for the weekend. And then everybody else was a fed. Same thing with the Whitmer thing. So I, I think their fears are not unfounded or whatever. But again, if you want to do war, buddy, you got to be willing to maybe go to jail. <laughs> I guess, you know, like like just a little bit. Uh, this is a uh, this is for you, Thomas. This is from the, an account on Wired. Here it says almost immediately one of the vehicles in the convoy got lost, according to messages posted in the Zello walkie-talkie app that the group is using to communicate while on the road. Later, when the convoy linked to dis- linked up to discuss evening plans, the meeting quickly descended into an argument about where they were staying. Even trying to meet up at a gas station was difficult due to the size of a Bucky's in South Carolina. <laughs> convoy members couldn't locate one another. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, yeah. we we're having a ration the beaver nuggets at this point because they, <laughs> they keep getting wind of when we're coming and they shut off the icy machines so we haven't had anything to drink in days and so i don't know what we're gonna do because i drank all my cherry icy on the way here and dan he saved some of his but it melted and now it's just some kind of soda i think i don't think it's even an icy anymore if this shit spirals out of control like for real right and you get one of those like very stoic like british war correspondence from bbc like in eagle pass and he's like standing there where he's like i'm here with uh oh, oh it's, it's just a mortar shell going off i'm here with sir could you give me your name again catfish i'm here with catfish uh <laughs> catfish you get to catch it to explain to me who you're with i'm with the buggies brigade and as thomas just let you know we are rationing our beaver nuggets morale is low um, but I did try to shoulder fire a stinger missile the other day and I did dislocate my left shoulder. So I am trying to get home, uh, currently like I'd like the war coverage of this would be the most cartoonish thing in the whole world because it seems like half the people who are doing it are like retirees. Yeah. Guys who aren't you, ready. You can't, 
you can't fight a war. I mean, look, Israel is currently trying to fight and win a war with like an officer class with a median age of 17. However, like the Freedom <laughs> Convoy, you can't you can't fight. You can't wage an insurrection against like the, you know, a military imperial state with a median fighting age is 70. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's going to it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a, f- a few problems. And I said one more one more uh, thing I want to share here from the coverage of this. Uh, others are suggesting that people avoid the convoy altogether. In a YouTube broadcast on Sunday night, the channel Love Travel Adventure, which is run by a trucking husband and wife influencer duo with nearly 100,000 subscribers, warned viewers about possible traps ahead. You're being set up and you're advertising every move you're making to the people who want you, want you the most. The husband who goes by Red Viking said, hmm. there is no 1776 happening, so put that out of your mind. Red Viking also raised suspicions about organizer Pete Chambers. Green Berets are masters of psyops, said Red Viking. I'd love to believe he's not part of this, he said, alluding to the government conspiracy to ensnare conservatives. So, I mean, like, I mean, from, from your own personal experience, like, can, Green Berets, often untrustworthy, often masters of deception. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're not even wearing it. <laughs> Which is the scariest part. Yeah, how trustworthy can a guy be if his name is a hat and he don't even have the hat on? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So like this is all centered around uh, like Eagle Pass, which is like mm-hmm. if, if you like you guys are from uh, I mean uh, Jake, you're from a, like sort of near Houston. Thomas, you're from around Dallas. I mean, what are, what are these like border communities like? Do you have any connection to like Eagle Pass or what's it like down on these border towns? Thomas, I'll let you I'll let you field that one. So I've got some family further west that I thankfully don't talk to very often, <laughs> but it I don't know I. I've, I'm not the most experience experience with like border towns or whatever, but I know it's um it's it can be pretty wild down there. I mean, there's a lot of like cartel stuff that goes down, stuff like that. But um, in terms of like the communities, I don't I don't know. For the sure. the um one of the things what, what I thought was kind of morbidly funny about the whole thing is it's not too far away from Texas's I guess what you'd call Texas's like PCB. It's called South Padre Island. And it's where like college kids go to give each other brand new types of chlamydia, like antibiotic resistant. Like it's insane down there. It's a lawless land. I've been down there a couple. Oh, is that like is that like Southern Tip? Yeah, yeah. It's yes, yeah. The problem with Texas is that everything is called something similar to like Eagles Pass or like Silver Bluff or something. And there's no because there's nothing here (laughs) to name things after. Everything. Oh, that's yeah. It's by Saddleback Ridge. Yeah, it, you have like yeah. it's like Ballad of Busker Scruggs ass towns. And, yeah, but uh, but down there they like one of the things that I've been seeing is is that they when you're down in those in those towns, there's not a lot of job opportunities. Um, and one of the best ways to like provide for yourself is to work for Border Patrol. Like they, I mean, for what it's worth, like you can work your way up and 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 I've and again, Thomas and I have talked about this a lot. Some of the most like anti-Hispanic people on planet Earth are like Mexican guys who were born here, but their parents oh. are undocumented and they make 40K a year. And they're like, yeah, you got to grind them up. They can't be here. And you're like, dude, you Someone don't just talk made like that, that point. Someone just made that point about um, Hank and Gomi and Breaking Bad. Yeah. They're like, oh, sure. Like, they were like, yeah, like he'd like all of his beaner jokes or whatever. And they were like, no, you got to understand a Mexican-American guy who works for the DEA or Border Patrol is like the most Dude, racist against other Latinos. When I worked at this plastics plant, some of the most like violent, volatile shit you'd hear about Hispanic immigrants was from a dude whose dad came here on a meat truck. Like they like they would the kind of guys that are like, yeah, you know, I mean, hell, we made it over here, but we were the last ones that did it right. 
<laughs> Everybody <laughs> yeah. else that tries to do it, you got to just re- you got to turn them into Swiss cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah, my name's Hector. <laughs> <laughs> Hector Garcia. <laughs> yeah, proud white, red blooded American. They'll get like a lifted, you know, Ford Lariat, and then they'll you know they'll get the 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 Cavender square toes. They'll get the high end tight, and uh, yeah, they'll be. My name's Enrique Martinez, and I'm here to say I can't stand them. Not racist, just don't like them. You know what I mean? And it's like, when did you start talking like that? <laughs> Not to say yeah, you th- should have an accent, but. Yeah, like, it seems like from my outside perspective, only having been to Texas once, what I have picked up from the news, uh, Border Patrol seems to be like half of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of Border Patrol agents, I've actually picked this up from like YouTube videos about this type of thing. They seem to be guys who get caught in the most obvious pedophile stings of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, like a, everything I see where it's like where where it's like a fifty three year old man is talking on the phone and he's like, "I'm a twelve year old girl whose parents are out of town." Yeah, the guy on the other end who like comes to the house and gets arrested is probably four times out of five is a border patrol agent. The 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 guy, the guys who get arrested, like, uh, like you know, uh, like in a prostitution sting, because like the the working girl they tried to solicit was wearing a a sailor costume and looking a huge lollipop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the there's a third secret type group that uh, is not necessarily unique or exclusive to Texas, but it's guys who like for whatever reason, either due to physical fitness, um, or like mental problems, like could not be infantry in any branch. So they'll get they'll get down there and they're like, I've seen a couple videos of the guys who like go and they um, destroy like water hideout rations for for immigrants. Yeah, yeah. And, and they go and every interview they have, it's like, yeah, you know, I uh, hell, I was going to be a Marine. But I mean, you know, they make you they make you they want you to be able to do push ups. And I just I ain't never. <laughs> These are the guys that couldn't couldn't master the Al Qaeda monkey bars training setup. Yes. Yeah. The, well, dude, you don't have to. I, dude, I was I was like bored. And this is you know slightly relevant. I was bored. The town like 10 minutes south of me, New Braunfels, beautiful place, beautiful place in the hill country to be a cop there. I They had their physical fitness requirements on like and, and we're probably maybe three hours close from the border there. Uh, it was not kidding, man. It was 30 push ups in under two minutes. Um, it was 50 sit ups. And then you had to be able to run a 13-minute mile. That was, like, the base. And now I'm not saying, that, you know, whatever, but, like, then you do all that, and they're like, here's a Glock 9, <laughs> and here's a car, you know, and a bulletproof Thir- vest. 13-minute mile? What, are they trying out for the fucking Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's it. That is, like, I feel like a 13-minute mile is, like, that's part of the test you give to a 75 year old to see if they could still be allowed to drive. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of like insane to read all that and be like, dude, like you do all of this and then you just get impunity. Like you could, like you have the physical fitness of a guy who is like about to enter hospice, you know, for some terminal yeah. illness. And you're like, all right, yeah, I get to, I get to fucking 
crack well, some skulls. Yeah, if if you perform as good as the scene kids in gym class on the day we ran the mile, <laughs> <laughs> you can kill pretty much anyone. Yeah. Well, pretty soon they're going to get rid of all of the physical fitness requirements. And it's going to be like, if you can match this the, the shape of this block into the hole it goes into, mm-hmm. you, can, you can have uh, impunity. Well, I mean, you mentioned impunity to kill people. And I don't know if you've been following the case with this guy, Daniel Perry in Texas, the yeah. guy who killed that protester, and now the governor wants to pardon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I want to share this with you. This is, this is, a, this is a great from the annals of the, the I'm not racist, but kind of guys. Uh, this guy's social media posts have been made a public, public record thanks to disclosures in the trial. Headline, I am a racist. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Perry's <laughs> social media posts reveal racist comments. Anti-post I'd like, look. Uh, I just want, like, there's some great examples of posting here. Uh, it says, you know, the post unsealed included messages such as Black Lives Matter is racist to white people. It is official. I am racist because I do not agree with people acting like monkeys. Perry, oh, Perry no. also posted June 1st, 2020. It is official. I am a racist because I do not agree with people acting like animals at the zoo. And then he just goes on where he's just like, I suppose I'll get called a racist yet again for comparing black people to monkeys at a zoo. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. He needs to talk to Elmo about that. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo heard that, you're, that you've been reading the Turner Diaries, and I just want to say that it, it, hate is not the way to let light into your heart. I'm sorry, Elmo. I was going to do the Oklahoma City bombing, but instead I, you know. <laughs> Elmo, their music is so loud. <laughs> Have you tried asking them to turn it down? That might help, Elmo. <laughs> the, the, like the elephant that's like a junkie. He's like, Elmo, we can't say that word anymore. It's not for us to say. They're coming for my job. Don't you work at a movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got, we got like, uh, we got like, okay, uh, looming second civil war. We have like uh, gr- the governor seeking to grant um, a random posters, the Facebook guys, the ability to kill protesters. Border Patrol, they can kill pretty much anyone. They're stuffing the river with razor wire. Mm-hmm. So, of course, what is the country that Texas looks up to more than any other country in the world? Certainly not America. Israel, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm going back to this. Is, this is an Intercept article from 2022. But it's about, like, basically uh, just how, like, how, just how much Texas loves Israel and how much, like, the, the Texas government personally funds settlements in the West Bank. All of the, the contracting stuff where you have to like pledge loyalty to Israel to yeah. maintain a contract with the federal the, the state government in Texas. But I just wanted to read uh, this quote here. I think we have a lot in common with Israel. Texas Agricultural Commissioner Sid Miller, an advisor to Trump's 2016 election campaign, who once shared a meme on Facebook suggesting the U.S. drop a nuclear bomb on, quote, the Muslim world, told The Intercept. The Israelis are kind of like cowboys. They're tough and gritty, and they don't take any shit from anybody. Uh, and I, I like that because I can think of another way Israelis are like cowboys. The uh, <laughs> you mentioned the fucking uh, I love when uh, they do like you know the KIA posts or whatever, and it's like Brigadier General Mechem Abadai, a twenty-two year old like uh, somebody. I, maybe it was one of you guys. It was like like the most Mickey Mouse ass military of all time. Like you're a twenty-one year old scout sniper with like eighteen tours of just you know like just randomly like mag dumping and tours at sesame street right yeah 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 yeah. it's always double xp weekend in the israeli (laughs) army (laughs) yeah i the texas politicians like as far back as forever like 
you can't when you're talking about like a like a really stupid like I was just texting Thomas about this earlier. Like it's not that they're the conniving intelligent evil. They're like Mr. Bean level corrupt. Like they're all and people are like, oh, people in the South, everybody says we're stupid. It's like, listen to me. We don't even have like smart evil governors. Like Rick Perry is like straight up a moron. Like he's a dumb guy. And uh, by the way, a little caveat: we covered this like really early on in the show. Do you guys know about Rick Perry's ranch? He refuses to change. Oh yeah, yeah. It, w- it wasn't called Saddle Ranch. I'll tell you. No, <laughs> no. I loved his 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 comeback. Like his little clapback. He was like, "It's a legacy name. It it that is. <laughs> it's a legacy family ranch. And why would I ever submit to? You want me to pay for a new sign?" <laughs> <laughs> you want me to pay? I had to get. You want me to get a welder out here? How much that costs? But yeah, like they, they uh, there was that guy. I forget. Um, it wasn't wasn't Cornyn, but it, in regards to this like rape case, he was like, "Yeah, rape. Sometimes it's like the rain. You just got to go outside and just lay down and deal with it." And I was like, "Who lays down in the fucking rain? First of all, dumbass. <laughs> Feel the rain on your skin. No and one yeah. else can do it for you. I, no one else." I had a professor in undergrad that told me a story about corn and he was a, I, 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 I did political science and I'm making use of that degree big time. But he, uh, he worked on a campaign. They were going against John Cornyn and there's a commercial from back in the day where John Cornyn gets up on a horse and he's got a hat and it's very like straight down the middle. Like Texas is tough. Texas is riding cowboy, whatever. Well, on the shoot, his buddy was there, I guess like, he was like a key camera guy or whatever. He had said John Cornyn had never, ever been on. He was like a soft Dallas oil money kid. He had never even been within 10 feet of a horse, let alone ridden one, and was <laughs> horrified, dude. And He's they went for his Christopher Reeve moment. Yes. And they were like, they well, were, thankfully, Governor Abbott had one of his own. <laughs> yeah. They were like, John, you got to get up on the horse, buddy, and you can't look scared. And he was like, like, literally, like, they, he would put on the bolo tie and, like, just be shaking in the corner, like, all right, I'm going to get on it. Yo, boys, get me off. And they had to do the shoot a bunch of times because he like was pissing his pants on the horse and he would have to turn and look at the camera and go, Texas tough or whatever the fuck. And they like had to cut and do it 200 times because he almost kept shitting himself, which is like that's Texas politicians in a nutshell, like the theater of the cowboy. But their dad, like their first car was like a Bentley, like they never really worked on a ranch like ever or whatever the fuck. Well, you brought up uh, John Cornyn's comments about uh, rape and how it's just like the weather. Uh, have you have you followed? Have you seen Greg Abbott's latest thing about because like he has to, there's some recent study that has some horrific number of like pregnancies caused mm-hmm. uh, by rape, um, like post Roe being revealed, re- repealed in Texas. Mm-hmm, yeah. And he said, quote, um, the number goal number one in the state of Texas is to eliminate rape. So, the, so we're just like zero rapes in the state of Texas. It's now the safest place in America for women. I, I mean, it's hard for me to disagree. You know, I would say <laughs> that's definitely probably one of my top priorities in my personal life as well. Uh, is keep that at a zero forever. You know what I mean? Uh, Greg Abbott is the uh, guy at the house party that's like, I eat pussy for my own pleasure. You know, like, <laughs> like he's like. He's like he's like speaking from in front of the front porch. He's like, man, y'all better not have any rapists in there. I'm about to crawl. I'm about to crawl in there. Fuck around and find out if you're a rapist. F A F O. Like those like like very vocal. You y'all better not be y'all y'all better be making your woman come in there. She put my foot in there. Yeah. I lift it up like a sniper rifle and put it in my girl. 
I, it's the cowboy way. I, uh, I yeah. part of me wonders if him, like guys like that and DeSantis, also ripped to the boy. You know, like I, I want to know their motivations. Like obviously, like they're just they're politicians and they're right wing guys and whatever. But part of me wonders if it's like, especially this Texas thing that he's doing. Like, do you just want to be in a McGraw Hill textbook like fifteen years from now? You know what I mean? Like, like a Texas <laughs> public school textbook, like history, where like the way that you have your legacy live on is that you trigger some sort of minor civil war. You know, you know, like I, yeah, I don't understand the motivations because these political stunts didn't work for DeSantis in terms of like getting him to compete with Trump in a meaningful way or whatever the fuck. So why are you doing it just to have like a legacy that's, that sounds cool. You know, I think part of it for Greg Abbott is having a mean Latina wife, which throughout history has, <sighs> provoked a lot of wars to begin with um i don't know what how far his ambitions go i mean i'm sure he would love to be king of the world or whatever mm-hmm. but he was like uh i was looking it up before the show because i didn't want to not know anything about texas politics so i did google this full transparency i googled this about an hour ago but apparently he was the longest serving uh attorney general of texas mm. before he became governor so he's been like a top dog for a while well I, yeah i just i don't know to what extent any of this will like give him gas you know for the presidency later on maybe yeah. you, well you can't you can't keep you can't teach an old dog new tricks like walk or roll over <laughs> yeah it's that whole case like i'm sure it's it's like common knowledge at this point but a tree falls on a cocksucker in like river oaks in a neighborhood in houston <laughs> and then he gets a big ass payout and then he's like he changes the law to where no one like I forget the details of the law, but he made like he capped payouts for like injuries caused by like like cities. Like if a tree falls on you or a construction site, like you get hurt. He got his and was like, all right, nobody else is getting a meal ticket. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it was so bizarre. I do get it though, because it's like if you're the only guy who got millions of dollars because of the tree thing, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But if it's like if there were like 20 guys that happened to, and they talk about you like, oh, he's just a he's just another one of those tree millionaires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could that really. Yeah, really brings you down with, with Abbott's uh, like political calculus. I think that he's like he's one of those guys. It's not like DeSantis where DeSantis has wanted to be president his entire life. Mm-hmm. He's like a Pete type guy. I think with with Abbott, he would enjoy it. If it gets to 2028 and it just by default, he's the nominee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that like he's not so much actively seeking it as much as he's like setting things up so that if path of least resistance, he's a shoe it like he can unify the party uh, enough of the the like Trump people approve of him. And he's like. He he seems malleable to the money people. I was. um uh... I remember when I like when I was in college and Wendy Davis was running against him and um, I really, really I pissed off of I wouldn't call him a friend. We had a lot of classes together and uh, he is that he's that type of he was he's Ron. Like when we were in college, by the way, huge frat guy, like a keg stand, like butt chug type dude. But then graduated and is like, I got to work on my political career. So he went to like Navy OCS and then like the shittiest law school in Houston. But anyway, I digress. He was posting on uh, Instagram about a, a working for the campaign. And I commented on the thing. I was like, nice job, Pat. You're really, really doing something good here. I stand with Greg Abbott. Hashtag stand with Greg Abbott. 
and dude, he like messages me and is like, this is not funny. By the way, same guy who like during like the 2012 election was like posting like old um, pictures of like the hang in there, Obama, like very much, you know, like his the political humor was like 2008 conservative type, you know, and uh, yeah, after that, this is safe to say he was just he was like, it's not funny. He can't walk. And I was like, look. Civility goes out the window for me if you suck dick <laughs> as a guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, um, to move on from uh, Texas to like a, a, a broader national story that's uh, been consuming my mind for the last couple of days, and mm. that is. The, the, we talked about it a bit on Monday, but I am fascinated by the evolution of the growing culture war surrounding football and Taylor Swift. Mm. And Chris, I think, I think you accurately summarized this, where you say it's like a fascinating new development in the rights ongoing negative, negatively polarizing themselves against being normal. And Jake, I think you were talking about uh, Owen Benjamin earlier today, where it's just like they've gotten so far down the rabbit hole. It's like liking women and football is gay now. Yeah, that's gay. Yeah, well, they can't. <clears throat> The hyper-masculinity thing has made it to where Nick Fuentes said this on his stream, and I, it was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. But he was like that exasperated, whiny, nasally thing he does where he's like his head's like his hands are above his head, and he's like, the gayest thing you can do is love a woman. The gayest thing you can do. <laughs> the fucking guys. Seriously, you're texting a woman that you love her and you want to stay at her house? That's fucking gay. And I was like, oh, dude, these guys are like earned. Ernst Rome levels in the closet like like <laughs> fucking like these guys like for all intents and purposes or whatever the fuck Travis Kelsey and the Taylor Swift thing like that's your homecoming prom American fucking couple they should be like yeah uh-huh but he got the vaccine so he's a homo and Taylor Swift makes music for like liberal millennial wine moms so they can't yeah. they, it, it doesn't work for them or whatever I mean, well, I mean, like this, this dichotomy that you're talking about, I think was ably sum summarized by friend of the show, Ross Duthat, who tweeted this the other day. A proposed screening question for the next GOP administration is Swift Kelsey. A, a sweet thing to watch and maybe be the last best hope for America. We need them to marry and procreate. Or B, a psyop to get NFL fans to get booster shots and vote for Democrats. Uh, so which one is it? So let me throw it open to the let me throw it open to the floor, gentlemen. When you think about the the football player cream pieing the pop star, <laughs> does it make you feel good or bad inside? Thomas, you got it, yeah. baby. <laughs> I do like to think about it. Um, <laughs> you know, when I see when I see them like when I see her like run on the field and stuff, and like they just hug, and I see how proud she looks of Travis, and I think about how far they both come in their careers. Mm -hmm. I remember when they were both little kids, you know, and I'd see them you know, running around and doing their thing. And I just think someday they're going to be big. It, it, you know, now I see it. Now I see it happen. It just brings a tear to my eye. I was telling Travis the other day. I said, <laughs> I, said I, I want to be in the room. You know, I want to be in the room. I want to smell the whole thing going on. And he just dapped me up. He said, brother, I love you. And I said, I love you too, man. But I get why people like some people don't vibe with them because they don't know them like I. Do, yeah, you know what I mean. Of course, they're just delusional. The there is also an aspect of the whole thing that I, to to your point, Thomas, that this this over sexual like Owen Benjamin and those guys have gone like Matt Walsh. You know, they're like, oh, this thirty year old woman, this thirty year old A lister, Margot Robbie Taylor Swift, 
she's hit the wall. She looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking she's old. She looks dog. like my grandma. Woof. And it's like, hey, dude, yeah. we I know what kind of guy you are. You are a dude who, uh, if it was cool to have sex with 16-year-olds, you would line the fuck up like at the Apple store. Like you, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I saw people and like, and, and Jake, they always couch it in terms of like Taylor's 34. So realistically, she could only have two or three kids in the time she has left. So she's pretty much worthless. They understand. And it's just like, are you really concerned about her? She's going to make a horrible years? housewife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's a billionaire. Great. She's not going to be yeah. a good yeah. mother. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the only thing that I like about this is just like we're through the looking glass here, people. The NFL and Taylor Swift are engaged in a multi-billion dollar influence operation to get you to like them and identify with the product that they're selling. Well, Biden wants to. Did you see that article? He wants to. Yeah, like, he wants to get the endorsement. Yeah, yeah. I think people are just mad because Taylor Swift is finally dating a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, she, I, well, oh, speaking of, oh, dude, that, sorry, that video, that TikTok, God damn it, this fucking like pop content, like blind item girl was like, you guys have may have seen this, but she was like, Taylor was dating, you know, like a soft boy, like an artsy soft boy in Maddie Healy. And she finally, finally knows what it's like to just date a jock, to just date a guy who's going to treat her right, who loves <laughs> it. 34. Dude. Yes. The arrested development thing. It's like, you're talking about <laughs> yes. them like they're high school. You know, those artsy boys who you, they say that they love women, but they secretly they're gaslighters. And it's like, do you are you thinking about her getting dicked down like tough guy style, just missionary <laughs> for 10 minutes? No crazy stuff. Like, what? Are, where is this shit coming from? Uh, it's backshot season for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Travis Kelsey saw, saw the Oscar, the grouch picture. Oscar. Yeah. yeah, we saw Oscar. With yeah, that. yeah. Taylor Swift is going to the backshot Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I just I just want to share one one more example of uh, right wing hyper masculinity and the ongoing critique of the NFL and Taylor Swift. Chris, because you queue up uh, Benny Johnson talking about the, the Swift Kelsey phenom. And the way you do that is by taking the most brain dead, low information voters. Of course, I'm talking about Swifties, Taylor Swift fans sort of worship this artist kind of like at random, right? Like just out of the blue, suddenly Taylor Swift's the most famous person on earth. <laughs> now she's at every NFL game. She's been famous for the last like boyfriend. She's the she's been the Who's biggest pop star forever. Backed yeah. by Bud Light and Pfizer. Travis Kelsey is this guy who also kind of out of the blue became this big time celebrity, really rich, really powerful. Why? He's a tight end. He's like a glorified lineman. That doesn't make any sense. Tight ends aren't famous people in football. What are you talking about? What world are we living in? Sure seems planned. What are you talking about? He's saying Benny Johnson is gay in the way that a villain in a children's movie is gay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? There's this guy, Travis Kelsey, out there, and all of a sudden he's so rich and powerful. He is like, okay, like, how much power does he imagine an NFL fucking tight end has? And also it's just like, I mean, he's probably the best tight end who's ever played football. So, like, I mean, I guess that adds to his Q Q quotient. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is—he's abusing his power by trying to text Buffalo Wild Wings every Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> he, uh, Benny Johnson. Yeah, he's he's trying to meet the real Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love I love the Benny Johnson video, like all his video content, because like for this one. 
I mean, A, the worst thing about all this is conservatives finding the word science. I was literally, yes. I know, you yeah, said I that. You said that. It's that. so, it's ridiculous. They're it's talking so about annoying. advertising. Just thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. they have a... Um, well, because it's just like, like because the way you describe a psyop, like, everything sounds like a psyop because we live in a world where, like, you know, marketing to us is, like, ever, ever present mm-hmm. and, like, you know, like, uh, brands and, and, you know, we're, we're very much like our opinions and and sort of perceptions are like massaged by like you know people who want us to affect our behavior and get us to buy things mm-hmm. and like you know i'm sure the relationship is marketing to some degree or, or, or to 100 percent. but like the way that people then just take that and then immediately go there's some nefarious like deep state element mm-hmm. this is some sort of like gladio operation to sort of like i don't know satanically influence the american electorate through um taylor swift catching back shots the uh the fucking one of my favorite things after the Bud Light thing happened was guys I went to high school with learning about monopolies in real time, like how they work. Uh, there was one <laughs> yeah. dude I we used to smoke weed together a lot, and I worked with him for a bit. And he posted this long manic screed, and he was like, "Well, I threw my Bud Light out, all right, and I and you know I I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't agree with it, and I switched to Michelob. Well, as it turns out, Anheuser Busch." owns Michelob. Would you believe it? And so then I switched to Modelo because I like Modelo's. It's the best Mexican beer. Would you have it owned by Anheuser-Busch? So I went craft. I got Carbock. I started drinking them fancy beers, what they have at the gay bars. As it turns out, and like just every beer he could think of and people in replies are like, are like saying they're gonna quit drinking because there's no straight guy beer. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> and I just can't. No, no, don't do anything drastic. Right. Like Please. I, I was thinking about like the most deadbeat southern dad in the world. He'd been drinking since he was 10, right? Like a full-blown alcoholic, construction worker, salt of the earth. His parent, his wife and kids have been begging him for years. And the reason he finally gives up the bottle is he just he just hates gay people so much that he gets sober <laughs> he's like finally is like i'm done he's just, you know fine i'll drink i'll drink green tea he just starts thinking about like he starts thinking about a cock every time he puts it to his mouth you know it's just like <laughs> yeah it just it was so bizarre to see because i'm like you know oh yeah there was one of the one of the comments i saw was like uh i switched to miller light and uh somebody had screenshotted the home page of the miller cores website in the mountain range was just a rainbow <laughs> <laughs> and people in the comments this is an article not the same post people were like well what do we get to have like what, what are we? that guy that came up with the ultra right was just talking about this with brian on guys he invented the ultra right conservative light dad beer have you seen that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it comes what, what is it was like, it 30 dollars like for a six pack yeah. it's like 40 dollars for a six pack and they always arrive with like two of them leaking mm. and all all the reviews are like it isn't good and I've like well, I've been shitting, I've, 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 I've been shitting like clear yellow ever <laughs> since I drank it, but it's it's not supposed to be good. It's sort of like conservatives. We used to talk about conservative Nanette, but it kind of it's all Nanette, like all their whole lifestyle. They're just doing they're consuming all these things that suck. And they're like, it's not important for it to be good. It's I, this is it's important for me to buy this shitty beer. What I bet you all probably thought uh, Travis Kelsey and the Super Bowl were pretty cool and fun, but actually they're raging Satanists. They're Satanists. The um one of the things that I like has been really su- just funny as shit is like concert like Tom McDonald and Forgiato Blow, Uncle ne- Uncle Trump's nephew or whatever, and they'll release these rap songs or these sketches and these skits, and you don't have to be right wing or left wing or whatever the fuck to see that it's straight butt cheeks. It sucks dick. 
like from scratch back and forth. But well, I don't know about that. Uh, Target is targeting our children, <laughs> and they're going to kill me for leaving my house. I think are both sort of well, yeah, no, yeah. That, those are those are bangers for sure. But in general, I'm like, and the replies to the videos on YouTube or with social media are like, I love this song. I listen to it at the house. It's it's like it's almost avant garde art that's meant to be bad, like B movies from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> they establish these cult followings where it's like, yeah, to your point, Felix, it's like it's supposed to suck, but you like it because it is how you feel about something. But it has no nothing to it other than just to like yeah. piss off mom and dad or whatever the fuck that worldview. Yeah, it's something that that is like barely a song, but like you, you're just supposed to consume it because it's important for our side to have a song. I, I listen to Target is targeting our kids so much at the house. <laughs> That my fiance, like, we would be in bed and I would play it over the phone. And she would be like, like, it got to the point where she was like, uh, we'd, I'd, you know, come home from work or like the gym or something. And she'd be like, I got really bad news. I'm like, oh my God, is everything all right? And she's like, no. Babe, like, what's going on, dude? Like, fucking talk to me. Quit being weird. And she's like, Target's targeting our kids, dude. I don't know. <laughs> like, she, she would hum it to herself in the shower. Like, she sings in the shower or whatever. She's like, normally it's like Fleetwood Mac. You know, like big fans, like our favorite band. But I would come home from the gym or like, you know, to the bank and I would like walk in and I would hear Satan's coming for revenge. Target it. And I'm like, I fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, I've done something really bad. Yeah, they target and target, target. Yeah, they target kids. Target, target. Yeah, they target and target is targeting our kids. That's like that one's legitimately good, even if you don't agree with the message. <laughs> I like that one because in the video, they have um there's a like christian rapper yeah. guy who's who's like big in that sphere Levy something yeah who's yeah. like there no they, this is another one oh. he's not in the other forgiato blow videos his name is big nick okay and he's like that classic type of american christian which is like someone who's famous because they were like born too early or something <laughs> yeah okay and so now they're like a four foot nine adult <laughs> <laughs> that's like a classic type of Christian in America. Someone who's like, oh, oh, you're pro-choice? Well, guess what? When I was born, I like they had to grow my spine in a refrigerator. <laughs> so I could because I was born eight months early. So why don't you think about that? And it's like what like what point are you making? Thomas But those guys always become like Christian celebrities. Thomas and I have talked in depth on the show about when we were young and growing up in the church. Thomas, you have a funny story about this, but like like pretending to like Christian rap and rock so I could like maybe get a hand job from my girlfriend in high school. Like, like we all go to youth group together. So you like, you're like, Oh, we're going to go see Lecrae. Do you want to come? And I'm like, mm. just so horny that you're about to go blind. <laughs> you know? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, you're like, yeah, this, this guy, I listened to him for sure. You know? <laughs> yeah, this this Andy Minio, this new Andy Minio drop kind of hits different. <laughs> There's just something about it. Okay, this is a perfect segue into uh, a, a, another another man who was raised very religious, who is currently trying to cope in the world. The last thing I have for you guys today is, of course, the, the fans would crucify me if I didn't bring this up. But long time, probably our number one favorite guy on the show, Rod Dreher did weigh in on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to overhype it because it is basically a 30,000 word essay, mostly digressing about to, to, for him talking about a book he read called among the thugs, 
which is about soccer hooliganism <laughs> in the UK. It's actually a book I remember reading in high school and quite liking. Most of the art, most of the piece is just him uh, contrasting British soccer hooligan, British soccer hooliganism with the Swifty phenomenon. But there is a there's a few choice nuggets from Rod's Mind Palace that I, I think is worth including. So if- he, re- he he read that book because he thought it was about Boozy's butt thugs. <laughs> 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 so this is uh, this is if you'll indulge me here. This is Rod Dreher writing on his Substack among the Swifties. Why the holy war between Donald Trump and Taylor Swift is not as stupid as it seems. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm, okay. All right. So the first paragraph is: Did y'all hear that Donald Trump and his team have declared war on liberal Democrat lady Taylor Swift? True fact, Jack. I have zero interest in Swift, her music, or her politics, but I have enough sense to know that she is the most popular pop star on planet Earth right now. Chances are the kind of people who would vote for Joe Biden because a pop star told them to are the kind of people who would vote Democrat anyway. But still, why do this? Why pick this fight of all fights? I feel like this rest of the year is going to be a long series of we could have had DeSantis moments. No, you fucking couldn't. Stop. No. Stop this fucking, we could have had DeSantis. Is yeah, DeSantis would be yeah. nailing this. Yeah, yeah, DeSantis would not be talking about Taylor Swift at all. You'd be yeah. like, there's no, no one, the only guy more inclined to break, make this into a culture where issue is DeSantis rather than Trump. Yeah, Trump is DeSantis, just annoyed that someone's more famous than him. DeSantis would be mastering this moment. He would get up there on TV and, you know, like demand Taylor Swift start dating a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the fucking the fact that he was like a a Gitmo overseer, like it, he doesn't seem like he seems like the kind of corporate psychopath that would be, you know, good at that. And his backstory is very dark. But then every video during the election cycle for the last sixteen months, he's like, "Hi, I really like bear claws and donuts." Hungry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or people are like, he's like, "We're in the great state of Texas." And you can have a kolache here that is for breakfast. Like, <laughs> yeah, he tortured people by just talking. Yeah, to them. Yeah. he he was like to me. He represents like a skinwalker, like a Wendigo politician, where his sentences sound human and his face is there. But there's like whatever makes a person yeah. a human being is like he's a cryptid, like a guy that's yeah. like. I like to wake up in the morning and I like to use coffee to wake up and drink it. And I love hash browns too. It's like, dude, you're not, you're a spirit person. Like you're not a human being. Yeah. I kind of like that. He's built like a pigeon. Yeah. I enjoyed watching him <laughs> I mean, I think he maybe walks like that because of the, uh, the, the lifts he's wearing. That's so like, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is very, something very pigeon like about Ron. I love, yeah, I loved all the videos where, Whoever on his campaign set up all these things, all these events where Ron could meet his greatest enemy, children, <laughs> you are whatever, whatever sleeper agent in the campaign did that. God bless I, you. Like he would not he he would have still dropped out when he did if he didn't meet all those kids. But like that did not do him any favors because every time he would meet a kid, it you know, it's just like a five year old kid who one of those kids who's like red all the mm-hmm. time. Silver like teeth. They have those types of yeah, yeah. silver teeth. They're they're constantly sunburned, like the scab picking kids. Yeah. I think there's a hundred percent correlation with being a conservative, like having conservative parents and then picking your scabs all the time when you're a kid. <laughs> but uh they they would, you know, they have to go up and shake hands with fucking Ron DeSantis, and he would be like, Hey, 
nice to meet you. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. And like when, when that kid, that kid was like, you know, he's eating like a 32 ounce slushy and Ron just looks at it with disgust and goes, oh, it has a lot of sugar in it, doesn't it? <laughs> that was my, he, he was, those were great. He, uh, I, I wanted to say about the, the, the Texas thing and the Florida thing in general, I've always felt those two states having lived in Texas my whole life. It's like America plus like everyone's louder, prouder, fatter, dumber. It's America condensed into a thick, sweet syrup. And the aesthetics of the high fructose America. Yes. The aesthetics of these patriot movements, like at the very least, at the very least, Hugo Boss designed the not like when we when I used to when I did go to protests and stuff like more. And I we talked about this on the show a couple of times, but like you would see guys, you're like, okay, you guys are dressed up like the spirit Halloween Leonidas. And then you have a George Washington wig on. And I'm supposed to believe that you represent like what's you're going to overturn this whole thing. You know, like I, I'm not I'm not intimidated. It's yeah. not scary. Uh, Jake, to your point about how Hugo Boss designed the uh, the Nazi SS uniforms. I mean, I had a similar thought when I was reading the Joe Biden Elmo tweet because I was just like, could the guy doing a genocide not be this fucking bait? Like, could he not be talking like a baby? This would be like if Adolf Hitler were like responding to like a letter written by Hansel and Gretel and Dirk Firmer <laughs> being like, uh, keep it up. You'll, you'll get out of that candy house. So eventually uh, stay I mean, strong and all love each other. That is kind of what they were like. Like they were hunting for Santa Claus. Yes. They, yeah. That's, <laughs> did you see the, they, they, they believed a little too much. Did, did you see the fucking, uh, the, the Italian PM that really far right Mussolini lady. Someone took a yeah. picture of her cell phone and it had like, you got this girl beat anxiety today, like catchphrases <laughs> on the back of it. And I'm like, dude, yes. we can't even get like real hard dick motherfucking not. We can't get them. We all like from Joe Biden being like, yeah, Elmo, you tell, tell him, give everybody a hug. And then the fucking Italian late, a PM, the Mussolini lady is like, she's one of those girls. that's like, she wakes up and looks at stuff in the mirror and she's like, you're going to take today. It's your day. <laughs> and when you start feeling scared, girl, just trust yourself. Like you can't, I'm, you can't like, I mean, I guess you can like hate Jews and no. minorities and gay people, but then also be like, I'm a little small bean. <laughs> no, that is the new thing. The soy conservative. Yeah. Like I, Rod, Rod is kind of the founder of the soy conservative. Yeah, he really movement, is. I would say. So uh, uh, to get back to Rod for a second. So he says we could have had we could have had DeSantis. And then uh, he, he links to um, uh, comments made by uh, Jack Posobiec at the Restoring National Confidence Summit, in which he said, quote, we don't have Taylor Swift on our side. But you know who we do have? We have Kid Rock. We have Ted Nugent. We have influence. Beautiful. We have all these people. John Voight. I just love that he threw John Voight in there at the end, an actor who's 95 years old. But so, so the Rod's, so he's like, look, Rod, Rod is like, okay, like they got Taylor Swift. We have John Voight. And then Rod writes, it's like that time when I was a kid and we were yelling at mama from the back seat to take us to McDonald's. And she said, hush up. I can make that just as good for y'all at home. And we got home. And she fried up a couple of beef patties, slapped them on slices of white bread with mayo and ketchup and said, see. And then he says in parentheses, I think that's from an Eddie Murphy routine in the 1980s. But I laughed so hard when I first heard this exact thing really happened to us. I remember us passing that McDonald's on Airline Highway in Baton Rouge and me in the back seat of her Ford LTD, the color of lemon Swiss cream Maalox and mama up front just puffing away on that Marlboro. 
and me being so mad because I knew there was a, it was a big fat lie that she could make the same at home. And anyway, what about the fries? So like this is what adult speak up if you're out there, if you're responsible for this, what adult supervisor showed Rod Eddie Murphy wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Rod has been bouncing off the walls ever since he saw that. I asked Rod what was wrong, and he said, I saw a revolved Afro-American man form a comedy routine. That whole thing, too, like that. It's the kind of writing you do like after you get a TBI and you want to document your life experiences in recovery. Like you, <laughs> Mama was smoking on that Marlboro and my the wind and that Marlboro. He spells it M A R B U R R A. God damn it. Yeah. Like you're trying no, to he's, he's, he's he like he's 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 like in in like he's like, oh, got to pad out some space here and in every rod column there's a part where he like regresses to like a Faulknerian yeah, child yeah. idiot and then he has this like as I lay dying reverie about his mom fucking yelling at him and smoking a Marlboro like yeah you're trying very hard to like do the East of Eden world building with like just just the the setting the scene but like you can't write for shit so you're like we were in a Camry and my mom smoked a cigarette. And you're like, wow, this sucks, Dick. How am I like? Am I supposed to t- <laughs> supposed to take you seriously as a fucking journalist or whatever? He, but um, it's like he also that's like all of this is from Raw. Like he's yeah. he's just acting like this is his life. <laughs> I, I can't wait for I can't wait for Rod's uh, next column about Mr. T. Literally, the next column or whatever is just word for word the Patrice O'Neill creep, <laughs> like. <laughs> Patrice O'Neill creep video or whatever the fuck. Um, I just, I just have I just have one thing left uh, from the Rod article because you know trust me when I say the rest of this article is him comparing uh, Swifties to like I said soccer hooliganism and the mass psychosis in crowds that we saw at the Nuremberg rallies. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's where that's where Rod is going here. But okay, so like so he, there's a lot of talking about like how scared he is of crowds, how like the psychology of crowds turns us into monsters, and like gives us a sense of completeness and anonymity and violence that like fulfills some inner id inside us. So then he yeah, says, like, I mean, if if anyone was going to get like stripped naked and beaten with poles at a Taylor Swift concert, it is Rod. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you bring up concerts because Rod confesses the one time he felt himself coming under the sway of dangerous mob psychology. The only time I've ever had that experience was as part of a crowd at the U2 concert in Baton Rouge on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, 1987, on their Joshua Tree tour. I had never God. been to a, <laughs> I had never been to a U2 concert, and in fact, never been to a concert of a band I liked as much as I liked U2. The whole thing felt like some kind of liturgy. And then at the end, when they finished with 40, I had not known that this was standard, and the entire crowd sang along with Bono. Man. I can't say that like Kennedy at the riot, I dissolved fully into the crowd, but it's the closest I've ever come. And it felt so good that here I am today, almost 40 years later, on the other side of that concert, recalling that feeling. And just looking back at this, I'd like to imagine that Rod was the guy in the crowd holding up a sign that said, SF loves you too, before Bono started screaming at him for supporting Sinn Féin, and he's been twisted over so much. What a... F- oh, my God. Yeah, what a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's I like I don't I don't like know a ton about the guy, but like there are certain characters in the you know political journalism world where I'm like I can't believe you make money doing this. Like I and I don't mean that it like because there are a lot of guys where I'm like God damn you you write for a living or whatever. But that type of shit is not only just bad; it's like stupid. 
it's like what I guess we were saying earlier about like Texas politicians being not just profoundly evil, but not even smart. And like, you know, with, with like political calculus intact, it's like, you're just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Rod, it's that he's experientially dumb. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, he is so deprived. He is like someone who's been kept prisoner for 45 years. And like, like that would be one thing. There are a ton of people like that, but most of them aren't like Rod and don't want to, you know, enforce their beliefs on 90% of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's especially obscene for like, you know, a guy, if you had him, I don't know, sit on a dryer or washing machine and he'd instantly come so hard, he'd have to go to the hospital. <laughs> he, yeah. he wants to, like, you know, tell women if they can have abortions or not. Yeah, Felix, Rod Dreher is like if Casper Hauser, like, uh, emerged from the basement and, and started advocating that all children be raised like him. He, yeah. Like, what? The, one of the frustrating things about, like, I guess guys like that and him is, like, the new crowd of like right wing journalists like Jackson Hinkle, like these guys, like so many of them, it's just content like Rod does it for the love of the game. It seems like. Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah, you know, no, yeah. like he's not putting content out. This is like 20,000 words. He wrote on right. This, and he does this every day. Like Hinkle was like a Bernie guy three years ago. And he's like, damn, there's no money in this. I got to go do MAGA communism or whatever the fuck. And uh, res <laughs> respect. dude. Like, I, I remember sitting like coked it out to my fucking head, like right around the time Trump was running like eight years ago. Me and my roommate, we were just drunk as shit. And I was like, hey, is your life bad? And he was like, yes, yeah, dog shit. And I was like, me too. Do you want to start a conservative right wing Christian YouTube channel with me and make $10 million? And we were like, seriously, it's one of those cocaine ideas. But I was like, dude, these guys are making money hand over fist. Remember when Andy No would go to a protest, get his shit rocked by a social media manager and then would start a $200,000 fucking GoFundMe? <laughs> yeah. And I, he got hit in the head with a milkshake and kicked up. Off yeah. That. I, I, yeah. I like I Jackson Hinkle is like there's something I like about him versus the other like normal conservative guys because you're right all those other guys they function the same as a court jester like mm -hmm. they, they they go to a place and like get beaten up and pushed down a flight of stairs and then like a hedge fund guy will be like here's 10 million dollars so you can record your next beating mm -hmm. yeah but uh, <laughs> but like Jackson Jackson Hinkle you know, like in 2020, 2019, he was like, you know, he was the denim jacket and button. Yeah. Top. You saw him and you were like, chop a live show. Yeah. But yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> but now he's like, he bypassed like regular, you know, regular conservative American audience. He is, if you like, uh, you know, there are guys in Pakistan who have never met an American and they love Jackson. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, like, He's like Clinton like, in Kosovo or whatever, just like big ass portraits yeah, of him everywhere. They're they're like the agribusiness or like agricultural economist in Swat Valley <laughs> is retweeting Jackson Hinkle twenty times a day. I think it's awesome <laughs> that he went directly for that audience. It's re it's really cool. It shows like I don't know, kind of like a forward thinking vision. He was like the market's oversaturated for Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's a way I think some guys, look, everybody's got to make a buck in this country. The royal fucking scam, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's funny to be like, all right, I'm going to alienate everybody in my life. And the only people that are going to respect and adore me are like 15-year-old Mexican groipers. And then like guys who were communists four years ago, but they want to get pussy from a Catholic girl. 
So they <laughs> so they started going to mass like in Williamsburg like a year ago, so they can get pussy from a girl with bangs who wears like the fifty nineteen fifties housewife nightgown like in public, like you know full full yeah. blown clonopin addiction type ladies. Like, can you imagine going to like you get to heaven and Saint Peter's like, oh Catholic, nice, very good. Oh wait, fine print here. It says here that you did this. To get pussy from a girl with anorexia. Sorry, buddy. We can't, we, we can't be doing this. Yeah. That is like most of the most of the people who were like, you know, they were like uh, Democratic Socialists or Social Democrats and like went hard right because 2020 drove them insane. It is mostly that. Yeah. Right. It's mostly like it's mostly like just the dumbest 26 year olds on Earth. People who are like, uh, you know, I used to, you know, I, I stopped drinking 28 beers tonight, <laughs> started praying to God yeah. and I've realized that my life is better. Like just, you, people, people who have all those like stupid revelations that all 26 year olds mm-hmm. have, except they choose to make theirs uh, political. It's uh, J- Jackson. Jackson Hinkle though is, you know, wait, do you ever do this thing where you, you like accidentally click on like a guy in India's profile and you just spend an hour on India? Mm-hmm. Like, not even like just a specific city in India, their Twitter. I've done. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Every time I do that where I'm like, what's going on in Gujarat? <laughs> Jackson Hinkle is being retweeted at a furious pace. <laughs> you have to know your audience. I guess like those guys, because, you know, the whole like, well, you get conservative as you get older. I was told that my whole life or whatever. There's like that. There's the contrarian thing. And then I think there's people who's just like, politics is like an accessory to their vanity like a handbag or something or like a new car yeah so they don't want to be gauche and so social democrat denim jacket you know whatever that's gauche what's cool it's a new thing i don't know if you guys have heard of it it's called being catholic (laughs) and uh it's it's taking the world by storm um and you know it and it it kind of it's it boggles the mind almost to be like you know, me and Thomas, I, we would joke like, maybe we should go back. We're, I wasn't raised Catholic. I was raised Southern Baptist. I think, Thomas, you were Church of Christ. There's no... Es- uh, Baptist. Yeah, yeah. No, There's no aesthetic movement. Protestantism is just white walls. <laughs> so... <laughs> the, the, the Pope is there, Elmo, yeah. right now. <laughs> Jake, you, you said that thing about how, like, the trad movement is cooked now because girls with the and with the hot fries wheel cover are getting into yes, it Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I... So, like, the one thing I noticed, because, dude, I, I, I'm sure you guys do this. I like to go... I fucked my feet up on Instagram because I like to go and piss myself off by looking at, like, the cottage core couples or whatever and i and i noticed that more and more that market saturated you can't really make money like you used to you can't go viral like you used to simply because um wigger girls are doing it now like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. so like where it was it just used to be like a brunette that was like i used to i used to be a party girl at asu oh my god i used to do so much many drugs but then i found the lord and i started kneading dough in my fucking house with my phone on me that worked for them. And then it's like girls, white girls that used to like physically assault the bus driver like every day. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I I used to, I I used to like to party and then I started praying and everybody in the comments is like, this seems fake to me. The other girls seem real. I buy them. There's something about you. This seems manufactured. And so, yeah, once that 
suspension of disbelief goes. It's it's entered the Tweety Bird, the girls with Tweety Bird or Taz tattooed somewhere <laughs> in their nether regions. Yeah, yeah. I I saw a video of a, a girl like that who is like. She is cutting onions like she's trying to get an insurance payout. Like Mikey Miles cutting the avocado <laughs> yeah. like through the pit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, she was like, mm, there's just something about a, about cooking dinner for a man that mm, it's giving husband. <laughs> <laughs> like not even yeah. saying it right. <laughs> yeah. 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 They only cook olive oil to a smoke point and then they don't even put anything in the pan. <laughs> Yeah, I like, I used to run them streets and and I used to, you know, I used to pop Xanax, but then I read Ephesians and I just wanted to film myself bouncing a baby on my knee and it and I'm like, damn girl, like it's almost like the Hinkle thing where it's like, dude, this industry is too much going on. You got you got to up <laughs> the, game the game. Is fucked up. Yeah, the game's yeah, fucked the up. The streets yeah. are sour. The streets are sour these days. All right, uh, I got we got to we got to wrap it up there, but uh Thomas and Jake, uh, what a pleasure. Pendejo time is the show, and if you're not a, if you're not a subscriber on Patreon already, please, please get on that. Uh, Jake Thomas, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to to share with our audience before you take off? Yeah, just uh, the patreoncom slash time. You know, yeah, if you got a bone to throw to a couple of Texas tumbleweeds, but we also yeah, we're also on social media, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, the the it. ads, I think Pendejo time worldwide. We did drop an album of all the rap songs that we did when we were high on Delta 8. You guys got to check that shit out. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. Uh, it's, is this, is Thomas's freestyles on there? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. These are, these yeah, are the booth they're, sessions? They're, all right. they're pretty bad, but yeah. And then Jake has some songs about like when you need your need to borrow your girlfriend's car for a long time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was requested, almost demanded by the audience for like a year. And I was like, all right, I'll throw it together and put it on. And I made it free. And then people were like, it's incredible. And I was like, <laughs> I was like hell yeah. So yeah, check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Fucking. Yeah, thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks for having it's us. Nice. Our pleasure. Tap, tap into Pendejo time, everybody. All right. Till next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And I'll be Texas bound and a fly. I got my tin in the wind. Let it all hang out again. Cause how you gonna win it? Trying. Well, now we're all back together And we're burning up the road And that old sheriff's out there dogging us again He thinks he's really got it cooking Plans to do a lot of booking The only trouble, he keeps looking where we've all